thank you for sharing in worship at First Church at this time, in this place. The timing and, and the space speaks to what we want to be a part of as we gather for worship. We wish to be there as the new day approaches and we welcome the day on which Christ is born. So is it a powerful time for us to be with us, to gather with one another, to sing the hymns of faith, to proclaim the stories of the birth of Christ, to gather at the Lord's table, and to know that Christ truly is Emmanuel, God with us. So thank you for your gift of your presence as we gather in worship on this evening. Again, we will share the stories of the birth of Christ as found in Luke and as found in Matthew. We will find our place at the table. We will sing our faith. We will share in the lighting of the Advent candles. And we will, I hope you have received a candle as you came into worship so that we may share in the candle lighting service that concludes our time of worship this evening. Again, welcome, and I'll invite us to prepare to worship God together.
call to worship is before us. Please stand as we share in this call. Rejoice, for God is with us. Emmanuel. Now there is reason to hope, to love, to laugh, to live.
Our opening prayer is before us. And I invite us to go to God as we share in these words of prayer. Let us pray. Gracious God, with joy and thanksgiving, we gather as your people. We have come to hear again the timeless story of Christ's birth. In the excitement of this night, quiet our hearts that we may know the peace and fullness of this holy time. Shine, O light, in the darkness of our world. Sing, O angels, in the stillness of our hearts. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those God favors. This we pray in the name of the child of Bethlehem. And we prepare for the lighting of our Advent candles. Do we have the acolyte wand with us? Bob and Gail Vogler will lead us. And we remember that through each Sunday of Advent, we have lighted a candle to guide us to Bethlehem. This night we arrive to the point at which we light the Christ candle. You see the sung response before you in your bulletin. We will sing this response and we will also receive a cue as to when we share the congregational response of, O oh Lord, you are the Christ, our hope, our peace, our joy, and our love. Now we share in the lighting of the Christ candle. <laughs>
Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Gail. We hear the gospel lesson from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 through 20, in which Luke shares his account of the birth of Jesus. First, we pray. Lord, pour your spirit upon us as your word is proclaimed. This story we've heard many times, we pray we would hear anew this evening and discover again the depth of your love for us and your presence with us. In Christ we pray, amen. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be enrolled. This was the first enrollment when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be enrolled, each to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be, to be enrolled with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to be delivered. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in that region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Be not afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy which will come to all the people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying which had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary kept all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God, for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is the word of our Lord. We stand as we sing.
the Gospel of Matthew, the first chapter, verses 18 through 25, we hear the word of our Lord. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with the child of the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not, until she had borne a son, and he called his name Jesus. This is the word of our Lord. Well, growing up in Harrisonburg in the late 60s, yes, I was alive then, it was not unusual to find me and neighborhood friends at a nearby playground on summer days playing pickup baseball games. These are good memories. Well, one particular memory is of a game in which a friend from up the street, a friend named Jeff, was at bat. With Jeff at the plate, the pitcher threw his pitch. Jeff made contact, hit the ball well. It looked like Jeff was sure to make it safely to first base. However, the shortstop made a good play and fielded Jeff's grounder, made a good throw, got Jeff out at first on a close play. Well, as Jeff was called out, I believe I and every other kid there had the same thought. You know, if anyone other than Jeff had hit that ball, he would be standing safely on first base right now. Because we all knew Jeff was not what anyone would call fleet of foot. Jeff wasn't a huge boy. He was just a boy who would wear what we called husky jeans. Anyone remember husky jeans? So, so while anyone else would be standing safely on first after hitting the ball as Jeff had hit it, Jeff walked dejectedly back to the bench. Well, you know why I'm recalling that game right now? I'm remembering it because of what Jeff said as he walked back to the bench. The words Jeff spoke were these, I'm slower than Christmas. Well, I don't know about you, but to me, Christmas does not seem especially slow this year. Amen? I remember months ago when it appeared we had plenty of time to plan Advent services for each Tuesday and an Advent Bible study, our blue Christmas service, Christmas caroling, our Sunday services, and yes, Christmas Eve services. Well, it's Christmas Eve. 
And with apologies to my childhood friend, Jeff Lapervot, there's been nothing slow about it. Instead, it's, it's really been too fast for many of us. For a variety of reasons, it seems, Paula and I have been playing catch-up since the season began. And what I mean is we feel we've been behind in decorating the house and moving our nice collection of Christmas albums upstairs to play on our turntable. We bought our Christmas tree later than usual. We've been trying to play catch-up and getting it decorated. I think we have three, maybe four ornaments on it now, hoping to get into double digits come New Year's Eve. Paula, as many of you know, is very fanatical about sending out thank you notes for gifts that we receive. But she's been hard on herself for being slower than usual in getting such notes sent out. And all of this, despite the fact we're not hosting Christmas for our family, we'll be traveling to our daughter's place in Roanoke tomorrow. But still, we have known frustration with this season, frustration which sadly leads us at times to say, you know, is, is this what Christmas is supposed to feel like? And I know we're not alone. I remember hearing a friend say years ago, each year at Christmas, that if it did not snow on December the 25th, it didn't feel like Christmas. I understand those sentiments and, and wish not to be unsympathetic. But may I also at this point confess some sadness. The sadness is this. We so easily foster the idea that Christmas depends solely upon the efforts of you and me, as if Christmas is something you and I create, that it is independent from any work of God. Really? So is this to say that if we do not max out our credit cards in this season, it's not Christmas? Is this to say that if we do not get all of the appropriate foods made, it's just not Christmas. Is this to say that if the house is not decorated just so, that it's not Christmas? Is this to say that if it doesn't snow tomorrow, and right now chances don't look good, well, it's not Christmas. Really? Are we so bold as to say that the message of Christmas depends upon what you and I do and not upon what God does through the gift of his Son? If that is so, now's the time to repent of that idea, to turn that idea around. This is the time to visit again the one God gives to us, the one and the only one who makes Christmas happen, the one whom we know as Jesus. We were excited in the church I served in Colonial Heights before moving to Martinsville when a young man named Robert and his family joined the church. 
Robert and his wife brought into their marriage children from previous marriages, children who would participate in an after-school tutoring program hosted by the church, and children who would participate in other activities in the church as well. But in due time, Robert would do something stupid, something stupid and illegal. Robert was arrested, owned up to the fact that he had done something stupid and illegal. He would spend some time in jail. And what he had done was totally out of character for Robert, something of a fluke. Still, he made no excuses, he sought no sympathy, served the sentence the judge imposed. Upon his release from jail, Robert needed, of course, to stay in touch with his parole officer. And when the church contacted Robert, an electrician, to do some electrical work at the church, I needed to speak with his parole officer just to make sure we were all okay with Robert being on church premises. And in time, we in the church were just so gratified to see Robert get back on his feet with his family and get back on his feet financially and be productive within the community and within the church. Still, I remember the night of the annual Colonial Heights Christmas Parade. As the church was situated upon the parade route, we opened our fellowship hall and we welcomed those viewing the parade to come in for some hot chocolate and cookies and music of the season. And we sat in front of the church luminary so as to help visitors find their way inside. And as I and Mike, one of our leaders, were placing the luminaries, Ed, another leader of the church, showed up to talk with Mike and me. Ed had something in his hand, something he proceeded to hold before us to show Mike and me. You see, Ed had recently gone on the internet, had found some site on which there were listed arrest records and incarceration records, and he printed off the page upon which showed a mug shot of Robert and some of the pertinent information regarding Robert's arrest and sentence. Now, it's important that we know here that Ed was not bringing us such information with any intent of saying to us we should have nothing to do with Robert. Not at all. Instead, Ed was one of those admirable dot-your-I and cross-your-T, attention-to-detail guys. Knowing the church had contracted with Robert for electrical work, Ed simply wanted to be sure that we were covered liability-wise and that we were not putting anyone, including Robert, at risk by way of our relationship. Well, Mike and I expressed to Ed our appreciation for his very conscientious concern. And Mike then took the lead by way of response. He told Ed, we had secured everything with Robert's parole officer, as well as with Robert's wife, who also agreed, yes, my husband did something dumb and illegal. Mike said we felt Robert was sincere, wanting to make a new start in his life. 
that he wanted to make things right with his family and with his church and with God. And we wanted to do all we could to support Robert, Mike said to Ed. Well, Ed, then looking Mike in the eye, was listening attentively, listening quietly. And then without word, he did this. He took the paper he had pulled off his printer and he held it before him and ripped it down the middle. Didn't say a thing, but said all that needed to be said. You see, Ed said this. You've told me all I need to know. You told me this matter is resolved. You told me not one more we word needs to be said about this. You told me this is behind us. It's old news. It doesn't matter anymore forever. So brothers and sisters, and may I call you brothers and sisters. It seems right this encounter took place before the Christmas parade. Because in this encounter, in this conversation, is our Christmas message. An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Joseph, don't fear to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. If God is for us, who's against us? You will call his name Jesus. Because he will take any record of any offense held against you. And he will hold it before him. He will rip it in half. He will discard it, regard it no more. He will say, that's old news. He will say, it matters no more. He will say, this no longer stands between you and me. He'll say, the old has passed away. And all has become new. He will say, all... I mean all is forgiven because his name is Jesus and he lives according to his name.
I offer a prayer of thanksgiving and intercession, which is appropriate to this time of worship. Throughout this prayer of thanksgiving and intercession, there will be some times of silence, in which you are invited to offer silently those concerns or reflections that are upon your heart. But I invite us now to go to God as we pray. Holy God, heaven and earth are met this night in the newborn child, Savior of the world. We celebrate his birth, for in him you come to be close to us that we might be close to you. Especially we give thanks for the birth, life, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ and all he means to us for prospects of peace in the world, for confidence in your almighty love, for those who generously give, for those who graciously receive, for the churches nurturing us in the faith. God of all mercy, as you have come in Jesus Christ to be our guest, inspire our hearts to a hospitality that welcomes all your children in his name. Especially we pray for those who have not heard your good news, for the sick and suffering for those who know no laughter, only tears. For those who govern and rule. For those enslaved by tyranny. For prisoners of addiction or abuse. For the church is a refuge for the needy. All this we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
table is set. Christ has prepared a place for each of us. He knows us by name and desires that we come and dine with him at his table. He has said to us, do this in remembrance of me. So this evening, we remember and we obey. As we gather at the Lord's table, sharing in the great thanksgiving, I'll invite you to follow along, if you'd like, beginning with page 9 in the front of our hymnals. I will lead us through the great thanksgiving. The prayer as I offer it will differ slightly because it is particular to this occasion of Christmas Eve. But the three responses you are invited to offer will remain the same. We share in our great thanksgiving. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and a joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Your people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. You have multiplied the nation and have increased its joy. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. We rejoice as your people. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Almighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He gave himself to redeem us from all iniquity and to purify us for good deeds. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant. Poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving. 
as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now, with the confidence that we have as children of God, we pray as Christ has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. The cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. Again, this is the table of our Lord, and he desires more than anything to dine with you this evening. So I invite you to come down the center aisle. As you come forward, I will offer to you a portion of the bread. You will then dip that bread into the cup that Kate will help hold before you. And having received the body and blood of Christ, you're invited to kneel for a word of prayer as you feel God may be leading you before returning to your pew. Come to the table of our Lord. Remembering the light has come into our darkness, we now share in our candle lighting service. We will do so as our, our lights will be dimmed. I will light my candle from one of our altar candles and proceed down the center aisle lighting the candle of those of you who sit on the edge of the aisle. Again, we will dip the unlighted candle toward the lighted candle. As we do so, we will be singing the hymn, Silent Night.
invite you to find your bulletins again because in doing so we find a responsive benediction in which we share. If you will offer the bold response before our closing hymn, Joy to the World. It is done. The news is shared. That is the beginning of the story, a story not yet ended. So we go to live the story.
I bring to you good tidings of a great joy. Christ is born. We go now in peace as those who have been fed, as those who have heard the word proclaimed, as those who know fully tonight, Emmanuel, God is with us. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. 